happy to have you with us. If you are new with us um, and you're not sure, <laughs> um, please do find someone um, in the welcome team. They're wearing bright yellow t-shirts, so they're very hard to miss. And we'd love to get to know you better. Um, if you do have any contributions this morning, um, it would be really great if we could all hear what you're saying and be blessed by it. So please do come find us at the front so you can use a microphone. I'm going to hand over to Nathan and Katie. Great. Good morning, everyone. Great to be together this morning. Why don't we stand to our feet? We're going to enjoy God together. We're going to worship him for who he is. Let's pray. Lord God, we love you. We're here to worship you. We're here to lift your name up, Lord God. We want to enjoy you afresh this morning. Come, Holy Spirit, come and stir our hearts in worship. Come and reveal more of the love of the Father. Come, mighty God, dwell amongst us. Do what you want to do amongst us. Come and speak to us and stir our hearts and our eyes and our, our minds that we would see you for who you are, our glorious and our good God. Amen. good and your mercy endureth forever. Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever. Oh, people from every nation and time, from generation to generation, we worship you. Thank you. 
We love you, Lord. We declare you are good. We want to raise our song this morning, Lord God, to declare, Lord, there is none like you. There is none like you. We thank you, Lord God, that we're gathered here together, people from many nations, many tongues, gathered here to worship you because you've rescued us, you've saved us. We worship you, God. Though the tears may fall, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. Though my heart may fail, my song will rise, my song will rise to you. While there's breath in my lungs, I will praise you, Lord. In the dead of night, I lift my eyes, I lift my eyes to you. Though the waters rise, I lift my eyes, I lift my eyes to you. While there's hope in this heart, I will praise you, Lord. The joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. In the darkness I'll dance, in the shadows I'll sing. The joy of the Lord is my strength. When I cannot see you,
came down to save. Our God, He reigns forever. Our God, He reigns forever. Our God, He reigns. Our God, He reigns now and forever over all things. The first and last world will inside of you and me. Our God, He reigns forever. Earthly power will fade away, but Jesus rule, it will never end. Our God, He reigns forever. Our God, He reigns forever. Our God, He just lift up the things on our minds right now to God. Where do you need to declare, God, you reign over this situation? Where do we need to say, God, you reign over, over this relationship? You reign, Lord. You reign above it all. You reign over every situation. You reign over every relationship. Over every difficulty, you reign, Lord. You reign over all. You're reigning supreme. 
You're reigning with authority and power. It's not out of your control. You reign over that marriage, Lord. You reign over that sickness, Lord. You're sovereign through it all. You're good through it all. Through the highs and lows, you're good through it all. Let us just know your peace afresh right now, we pray, God. Pray for our children. Pray that they would know your peace right now. As they go downstairs, Lord God, as they enjoy time together, learning from your word, I pray, God, let them know that you reign. Bless them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Children, you can head on downstairs. If they've already gone, they've gone. That's all right. Eager beavers. 1 Peter 1 says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Let's just come again afresh and enjoy this living hope. This joy that we find in in God. This strength that we find in God. The peace that we find knowing that he reigns. What a living hope we have in Jesus. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb In desperation I turned to heaven And spoke your name into the night Then through the darkness Your loving kindness Tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a Promise your very body. 
thank you that we sing because you had and have the victory we're here because you died in our place we're here because you've invited us to be part of your family we're here so that we can glorify you and come into your presence and Lord we we're just in awe of you wonderful loving father who sent his son to die for us so that we might be called children of the living God how amazing how wonderful are you Lord amen if you'd like to take your seats we're going to uh, actually take communion now um, and in remembrance of what Jesus did on the cross and uh, hopefully when you came in you would have had one of these devious little packs given to you so if you haven't got one there's some over there on the table just a word of warning you need to peel off the clear plastic top first to get at the wafer and then the foil bit to get at the juice okay if you do it the other way round, you will struggle to get the wafer without making a mess. Okay. Just the warning there. Right. <clears throat> when we come to communion, and for those of us who have been Christians for many, many years, we will have done this on numerous occasions. And it may get to the point where you just, you know, yeah, yeah, wafer. That's a bread thing, isn't it? Or body thing and then the juice and that's blood yes but we kind of skip over and forget what it's all about you know when we get up in the morning we've probably got a bit of a routine it may be that you get dressed first and you go downstairs and you have a drink or you go downstairs in your dressing gown um, and after some coffee or a tea you know you kind of start to wake up but we kind of do these things a bit you know yeah, yeah, I do that, and I do that, and I do that. But that's not how we should come to communion. And when we come to communion, we should, this is our, our time to remember what Christ did on the cross. This is so important. This is foundational to our very salvation, what Christ did. That he went to the cross. He died on the cross for our sin. And as we take this very simple meal you know we should remember and Paul when he spoke to the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 11 he reprimanded them for, because they were coming and it would appear they were stuffing themselves with the bread and drinking the wine and others would come later and there was nothing for them and he said no no that's not how you should do it you come with reverence this is an opportunity 
to become before God. And he, he even then said, you need to pause before you take this meal. Are you right with God? Where's your heart? And so we're going to do that right now. We're just going to pause for, a, a, you know, 30 seconds a minute before God and allow the Holy Spirit to speak into our hearts. Where, where are we in our relationship with him? Let's just do that. Lord, your, your sacrifice paid it all. No other sacrifice is required for our sins. None. Your death on that cross paid for us. Lord, we're also though called to keep short account, to deal with the sin in our lives to come before you and ask forgiveness, to repent, to move on. And Lord, I, I pray even this morning, Lord, we want to turn away from our sin. We want to be more like you, Jesus. We don't do it, we know, in our own strength, but through the leading of your Holy Spirit. And so I pray, Holy Spirit, come and help us. Come and help us to be more like Jesus, that we might show his love to those around us, Lord. Amen. When Jesus instigated this, this simple meal, he was sat with his disciples, and he's in these... Uh, moved on my phone sorry in these words he spoke from Matthew he said this it says this while they were eating Jesus took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying take and eat this is my body so we're going to do that just this simple wafer it's a reminder of Christ's body broken on a cross for us let's just eat that Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Christ went to the cross for us. He died in horrific pain for us, that we might be saved and added into his family. So let's just drink in remembrance of all that he has done for us. Feel free just to take your time, just enjoying this moment. We're going to sing a song that we sung last week called What Gift of Grace is Jesus My Redeemer? It says, There is no more for heaven now to give. He is my joy, my righteousness and freedom, my steadfast love, my deep and boundless peace. To this I hold, my hope is only Jesus, for my life is wholly bound to him. Oh, how strange and divine I can sing. All is mine. Yet not I, but through Christ in me. Just as you're ready and feel able, feel free to stand.
and sing. If you want to sit and sing, that's fine. If you want to just sit and pray, that's absolutely fine as well. sing this final verse. When the 
is complete still my lips shall repeat yet not i but through christ in me jesus we thank you for all that you've achieved and won on the cross for us we thank you that it's not through us but it's through you that we can turn to you and know hope, joy, peace. Just the abundance of who you are. We can know relationship with living God. We praise you, mighty God. We love you. We worship you. Our eyes are set on you. Come, Lord God, stir our hearts afresh. As we look at your word, stir our hearts afresh. That we might enjoy you even more. That we might follow you ever more. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you, band. Absolutely wonderful. Just so good, isn't it, to enjoy God together, to delight ourselves in Him. Well, this morning we're uh, starting a new preaching series. We're calling it Balance. And you may think that's a very unusual name uh, for a preaching series and a theme. Uh, this morning's very much going to be an introduction to um, uh, exploring this subject and uh, thinking about it, and uh, I guess my reflections over the last two years, excuse the rustling, is that for many of us, for in fact probably for most of us, it probably feels like life has got a bit out of balance. And um, the combination of factors causing that will be different. It may have included things like isolation, Fear. Oh, is it gonna is it gonna make it? Is it gonna make it? Wow, can't even make fear stack up with extreme work pressure. Well, maybe fear will go on top of that. It's not looking good, is it? Anxiety. That's not coping very well so far, is it? How about stress? Difficult, isn't it? And yet there's so many more things. Uncertainty. Working from home. <laughs> Hasn't that been fun? Maybe it has for some. Didn't work there. Boundaries being blurred. I'm not even going to try doing that. Let's start again. Lockdown. <laughs> Trying to follow the rules. Trying to work out how to stack all these things together and make life work and count and uh, retain our faith and... And it just feels like we keep on trying to balance more and more things and trying to understand how it all works. And, oh, let's tip the whole lot out and just see how on earth do we do this? I mean, let's just, maybe we just put a pile like that and say, that's life, that's balanced. It's been so much, hasn't there? And then you can add into that perhaps the later things cost of living increase, fuel poverty, food poverty, war in Ukraine, shortages. The effect on most of us will probably feel a bit like this. Life's got pretty unbalanced. For many of us, what's happened if we said, well, we'll just live with the chaos. We'll live with the chaos. We'll move into survival mode. We'll get through today. When we get through today, we'll get through tomorrow. And in due course, we'll get through the week. 
and maybe the months, and maybe the year. And you know, over this time, as this has been going on, our culture, or the culture around us has been influenced by this as well. Standards have changed. Perhaps this is a silly one, how we dress for work when we're on Zoom. You know, the top half, bottom half syndrome. Tie and jacket and shirt and PJs. Or joggers. How we see truth and integrity. I'm not trying to make a political comment, but man, do we need to pray for those in government and those in leadership in our nation. We need people of integrity, people who value truth, who don't compromise it and, and just find other ways around it. A me-first attitude, a me-first culture has emerged, hasn't it? Which says, well, do things while you can. Do things while you can get them. Uh, for tomorrow, you may not be able to. For tomorrow, there may be restrictions. And that's come out through food shortages, holiday, uh, fuel shortages, people uh, booking holidays and desperate to get away while you can. Uh, they're all a reflection or can be seen as a reflection of what could be called a me-first culture or a me-first attitude. I need to look after myself. Nobody else is going to do it, so I need to look after myself. Of course, that then impacts how we care for others. Do we care for others? Impacts how we perceive God. There has been a prevailing culture, uh, and too often it's even been in the church. I'm not saying it's been in our church. Maybe it has, though, for some of us. God's here to make me happy. God's interested in my happiness. That, that's his prime concern. And things get the wrong way round. And actually, uh, because of that, then we start getting to the point of saying, well, because God hasn't answered my prayer, I'm going to hold out on him. I'm not going to be obedient to what he's calling me to. And it turns into some sort of tip-tap relationship. And yeah, that's not the truth. We're called to surrender. We're called to acknowledge who he is, the great I am, the Lord of all lords, the King of all kings. To recognize that he is perfect and good and great and holy. And we're not. But he pulls us into the goodness of his relationship, of a relationship with him through Christ. What we've just been celebrating today through breaking bread together. We need to understand that actually the Life we are called to live will involve suffering. We'll invo it will need to include boundaries, holiness, righteousness, right living. And that rolls into, therefore, how we perceive the gospel. These two things go together, really. If we don't understand God, we're not going to get the gospel. The good news isn't just about me and my health, my prosperity, my wishes, my desires, my life. I wonder how the balance has been for you over the last few years. I'd like to suggest to us that we are at a turning point in history. We have some choices to make. We need to decide things like, how do we want to live? What's important to us? Who or what is really going to be in control of our lives? God or me? What shapes, what defines me? Will my circumstances determine my life? Or my faith? What's it going to be? Ultimately, you could say really the question is, what place has God got in my life? That may seem a stark question. You may think, Andrew, how can you ask that question of us? Of course God's important. Well, how important? So today we're just starting to unpack an introduction, really just trying to explain why we're looking at this subject, what we're going to be doing. 
And uh, if you have your Bible with you, I'd like to invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to start to read from verse 22. Don't worry if you haven't got your Bible with you, it will be coming up on the screen in a moment. But before we get there, I just want to remind us the context of this passage. And uh, it comes as Jesus is teaching the people. And uh, that teaching starts in the beginning of chapter 5, where we have the Beatitudes. These amazing sayings of Jesus, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he goes on, and uh, a number of blesseds there. Uh, and then he goes on in, in Matthew 5, 21 to 32, he's reported to talking about watch your heart. It's the wellspring of life and godliness. We need to watch our hearts, watch what we're uh, uh, doing, where, where we're giving our hearts. Then he then goes on to talk about uh, truth and the importance of truth. <laughs> And of telling the truth. Then he goes on to talk about how we can love people by going the second mile with them. How extravagant the love is that we have to have for those who don't yet know Jesus. And then he expands that further. He talks about loving our enemies. And then giving from the heart. And then prayer. And the essence of prayer. And communion with our Father. And he gives us this prayer, the so-called Lord's Prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And he's building a picture here. He then talks about the power of money and possessions. And in all of that, then he builds to this point where we will turn to in Matthew chapter 6, verse uh, 24, we're going to start with. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, that's actually his concluding uh, statement, but I think it's such an important one that we need to hear it before we can go into the rest of this passage we're going to explore. And you may have the subheading in your Bible, something like, do not worry or don't be anxious. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not, not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, be, uh, uh, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the fields grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. Wow, isn't that a powerful statement? Solomon, the mighty king, all of his splendor wasn't dressed as well as a flower in the field. Oh, if that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. The grass of the field was used to fire things. Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So don't worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom. His righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Man, I think we need to hear that so much. I don't know about you, I'm, I'm, I'm one of these people, I like to think ahead, I like to plan ahead. I've got a strategy for everything. No, don't worry about tomorrow. Now, that's not saying be careless. Where, where are you putting your faith? Where are you putting your energy? Where are you putting your attention? Where are you putting your hope? Powerful, powerful passage, isn't it? I mean, I, just reading it afresh, even now, I'm feeling provoked by it. So what is it all about? What does it mean to seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. Uh, obviously, it's said in the context of worrying about the concerns of the world, food, drink, clothes, etc. But can I suggest to you, actually, 
it applies equally to every other aspect of our lives too. It's actually who we are called to be. It's what we are called to. If you're a follower of Jesus, this applies to every aspect of our lives. The essence of what he's saying is this. Put God and his kingdom first. I mean, Jesus said, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. This is entirely consistent with the canon of Scripture, with the big picture of Scripture. This is who we are called to be. This is what we are called to do. So how do we apply it? Well, what's this mean? What's it mean to us today? Let's focus on him. Let's make him our great obsession. Let's make him our Lord of everything, of every aspect of our lives. Let's make him everything uh, focused on him. Let him shape our thinking. Let him shape who we are. If we're going to do that, that means we will prioritize all that he is and says in our lives. We'll put him first. That's what it means, prioritize. It's right at the top. It will shape our lives. It means we'll live life from God's perspective. That we live to bring him glory and honor, not us. Life's not about us. The great I am is not me. The great I am is the Lord God, the great I am. And so he would then shape and define our lives. Let's take that a bit further. Let's try and unpackage that. When we think, so let's, let's talk about shaping our thinking. Let's talk about that. How do we shape our thinking? Well, we need to keep our focus on him and his kingdom. Let him define us. In Romans uh, chapter 12, we have this wonderful passage uh, where the author of Romans says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, right at the beginning of Romans chapter 12, therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, that's all of us, we've received God's mercy. If you're a believer here today, if you've put your faith in Jesus today, you are a recipient of God's mercy. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Wow, as living sacrifices. So we're not going to die in that sense. We're going to be alive, but we're going to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Wow, want to know what the essence of worship is? Here it is. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices. Give all that you have, all that you are, to him. Make him number one. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Who's in control of your thinking? You may say, that's an odd question, isn't it? Well, what's shaping your thinking? What's influencing your thinking? What do you end up thinking about? What do you give your time and your energy to think on? Is it the cares of this world? Is it the way in which the world says we should live? Are you, are you letting the balance swing the wrong way? Or is it saying, no, 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 hang on, hang on. I want to seek first the kingdom. I want to put God first. I want God to be number one. I want him to shape how I think, how I see myself. He's the one who defines me and therefore gives me everything else. Seek first the kingdom. Wow. What's it mean to you to seek first the kingdom today? Give my time, my energy to think on, to dwell on. You see, if we start to dwell on God, if we start to think on God, if we come to understand who he is, we then better understand who we are. Our thinking will be shaped as we gaze on him, 
as we enjoy him, as we delight ourselves in him, as we give ourselves in worship to him, as we give all that we have, all that we are to him, that will give us the right perspective on everything else. Seek him first. It means we end up being uh, people who are disciples, sons of the fathers. Without relationship, not rules. We live out of relationship. It's not, well, I've got to please him. I've got to do this because he's some sort of tyrant who's going to beat me up and tell me I'm useless and no good if I don't. No, he's a loving heavenly father who draws us close. As we seek him, he will be found. He reveals his grace to us in Christ Jesus. He gives us his Holy Spirit to remind us who we are. He gives us all we need for life and godliness, we're told in the word. All we need. All. Everything. Absolutely. Nothing missing. Not a drop missing. Everything we need for life and godliness. So we start with our thinking. We say, Lord, shape my thinking. What does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God? Well, let's be defined by it. Let's let it shape my thinking. Let's let it change how I see myself, how I see God, how I look at the world, how I see what's going on around us. But of course, if we just change our thinking, that's only half the battle. We also need to change or shape our actions. Let his word, let this relationship shape our actions. I put a question up there. I think for me, when I think about what is a disciple or who is a disciple, we've been talking about this as a pastoral care team. Uh, within uh, just discussing actually how do we define discipleship? You know, I think too often we think discipleship, it's a course, it's about knowledge. We go on the, you go, you read this book, you read that book, you read the other book. Books can be really, really helpful. Please don't get the wrong impression from me that I'm anti-books. I love books. But actually, books need to lead us into relationship because the whole thing, essence of being a disciple is it's about relationship. And it's about a relationship of submission where we say, but fundamentally, what we're asking is, God, what's on your heart today? What would you have me do today? Yeah, that's what Jesus did. That's what we see in the scriptures. Jesus did what he saw the Father doing. What's on your heart today, Lord? And then finding grace for him grace and strength to do what he calls us to. Whatever that may well be. It's quite simple really, isn't it? And he gives us grace and he'll give us strength by his Holy Spirit. He'll live in us, he'll guide us, he'll direct us. So our thinking is changed to say, hey, I want to seek first the kingdom of God. And that means that then my action, my life is going to change. Where I say, God, what's on your heart? Tell me what to do. Let me know your will. I'll follow you. I'm using a chorus of a song. Some of us may remember it from many, many years ago. And then it doesn't even stop there. Because we do it together. You see, we're not called to be just by ourselves, but we're called to do life together in community, supporting one another, encouraging one another, inspiring one another, and all those other one another phrases you can find in the scriptures. We do it as a community, a community of love and faith. We do it helping one another to see things that's why being part of a life group is so important. By the way, we have a new life group flyer out today. If you're not part of a life group and you're looking for a life group, you'll find it on the information table there and probably in the racks out in the lobby as well. Uh, why not come part of a life group if you aren't? I think we've got about 14, 15 different life groups to choose from. They meet on different days at different times. Some are, mid, uh, some are during the day, some are in the evenings, some are on a Tuesday or a Thursday or other times. Um, some meet uh, with uh, children, some don't. Uh, you'll find one, hopefully, which suits. If you can't, let us know and we'll help you find one. Or we'll start another one. Doing life together is really important. 
being part of a life group is really important. Why? Because that's where we hear stories of, oh, well, I took this step the other day. And this is what I found. You know, the sort of testimonies like we had last week, weren't those amazing? Thank you so much, every single person who shared last week. They were wonderful testimonies of God's grace, pointing us back to God, reminding us of how good and faithful and just he is, reminding us that we can trust him. It was so good to have those testimonies. It's lovely to see people coming up who I don't remember seeing come to the front very often, if at all, before and sharing. Well done. We'd love to hear more of you and from you. Let's be inspired. Yeah, that's where we can share life together. So as we work out this seeking first the kingdom of God, what does it mean? Well, it starts with a shift in our thinking and then it changes and it turns into our actions. It means we start asking the question, God, what are you about in this season? What are you doing? How can I be involved, please? And then we help one another to go on this journey together. So here's a summary of what we're talking about when we think about balance. Balance is about ordering our lives, putting the most important things first and letting those shape everything else. That's what this series is going to be about as we explore lots of different subjects, anxiety and careers and jobs and work and all sorts of other things which you'll have seen on the, on the, hopefully on the, the flyer which is advertising it and a load of other things which aren't on that flyer. What's our aim? We're looking to bring a godly balance to our lives, to restore things which perhaps have got taken away in these last few years, and maybe not even because of COVID. Maybe actually they've been taken away for many, many years. And we're looking to put God first, to seek first his kingdom, knowing that as we seek first his kingdom, all these other things will, be, will come into the right place. Friends, let's help one another. Let's help one another to go on this journey together. I'm just going to sing that chorus to us. Apologies for the singing. If you'd like to join me as I'm singing... I would invite you to stand and turn this into a prayer. What is on your heart? Tell me what to do. Let me know your will and I will follow you. What is on your heart? Tell me what to do. Let me know your will, and I will follow you. What is on your heart? Tell me what to do. Let me know your will, and I will follow you. Father, that's our response. We hear your word, and we want to say today, Father, we want to seek first your kingdom. We want to put you first above everything else. We want to live for you, to bring you glory and honor, to be a delight to you, and to delight in you. Help us, we ask. Spirit of God, would you come and fill us afresh even now? Would you work in our minds? Would you show us where our thinking's got skewed and wrong? Would you help us to surrender ourselves to you that our thinking would be shaped by our worship and love of you? And then would you help us, Lord? Help us to put you first, your kingdom first, your plans and purposes first, to seek you with all of our hearts, with all of our lives, to bring glory and honor to you in who we are and how we live for your great praise. Bless us, Lord, that we will be a blessing to the ends of the earth around us. 
in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. I'm going to hand back to Jeff. Thank you, Andrew. What a great challenge um, that was. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. It's been so lovely to have you with us. Um, I've lost the welcome pack that was up here, but if if you are new to us this morning, um, hopefully you will have received a welcome pack on your way in. Um, inside that welcome pack should be a welcome card. Um, we'd love to get to know you better, so if you can fill that in, you can either hand it to someone in a bright yellow t-shirt, they're helpfully all sitting together, um, so you can find them over there, or you can um, pop that into the box um, on the table. So this week we have our coffee morning, that will be Thursday 28th of April at 10.30. Um, I'm sure you'll be able to find the details in um, Karen's email update. Um, it's a, such a great opportunity to get together, chat, have coffee, and I'm very certain there is cake as well, um, I imagine. <laughs> um, so there are other things coming up as well, so please um, do keep an eye out for the email update. Um, if you're not signed up to this, um, it's a great way just to kind of find out what's going on and different ways that you can get involved and connect. Um, and if you are a parent and you have children downstairs, please just take the next few minutes to talk and just enjoy. Um, but please make sure you go collect them um, by quarter to 12. Thank you.